Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. We are now well into our observance of the season of Lent, and I pray that it has been a rewarding and satisfying experience for you. Although sometimes as we celebrate the season of Lent and we respond to its call, there are some difficult choices we have to make and some difficult new habits uh, to to achieve. But I want to speak uh, today about how, in fact, the direction in Lent is being set by our liturgical settings, especially by our Sunday uh, readings. We've celebrated two Sundays of Lent now. The first Sunday is always the gospel of the temptations of Jesus Christ. And I think that is intentional because at the very beginning of Lent, we have to ask ourselves and be honest about ourselves as to where we are now. What is our situation today? What is the health of our spiritual life? Where where are we going? And it is important to be called up short by the fact that Jesus himself was tempted and Jesus showed us the way to turn them back and to preserve ourselves from the darkness that giving in to a temptation can cause. The second Sunday of Lent is always dedicated to the account of the transfiguration of Jesus before the three chosen disciples on Mount Tabor. Here, in which our Lord revealed to them his internal glory as the Son of God, we have an expression of where we ought to be, where we are actually called to be. In the accounts of the transfigurations, we notice that the disciples do not come off as very sharp. They're completely overwhelmed by this. They ask questions. Although Peter finally says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. And that revelation of the glory of Jesus, which was a revelation of really his his final victory in the resurrection, was given to us both to tell us this is where we are going to be. This is our goal in life, to share in the very glory and life of Jesus Christ himself. And it is given as an encouragement as we continue our Lenten uh, discipline. But now you may notice in the Sundays of Lent that follow, what we are being asked to do is to understand more deeply, who this Jesus Christ is. How he lived, how he preached to us, how he prepared for his own suffering and death and for the the revelation of the power in his resurrection. And you notice that in this past uh, Sunday of Lent, it's the third Sunday of Lent, the gospel for cycle B is the cleansing of the temple. Now, in the Gospel of John, from which our Gospel was taken this past Sunday, 
We have the account of the cleansing of the temple very early, in fact, at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ. How he entered the temple driving out the money changers and declaring that this was to be a house of prayer, a house of God, not a house of man and mammon and money changing. But there's a deeper reality uh, to this because Jesus, at the very beginning of his ministry in the Gospel of John, is emptying out the temple to receive a new reality. And that new uh, temple that our Lord refers to as his own body, and eventually the body of Christ, which I think is the church. So in preparing for this, throughout the rest of the Gospel of John, Jesus began slowly to reveal who he is, how he lives, and to what he is calling us. So in the remaining uh, time of Lent, my friends, let us ask ourselves, who is this Jesus? He is to be discovered by the word that is preserved for us in scriptures and in the life of the church and in the sacred liturgy. But I think it is important for us to read more deeply three important passages from the Gospel of Lent that are read in cycle A, but yet are chosen for every Sunday celebration in which the catechumenant is made obvious and public. The first is the account in chapter 4 of the encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well. The second is the account of the healing of the man born blind in chapter 9, and finally in the powerful account of the raising of Lazarus in chapter 11. In each of these, our Lord, in a very simple but yet miraculous way, begins to deepen people's understanding of who he is and what he has come to do. And let me, for a couple of minutes, simply dwell upon the question that was asked of Jesus by a couple of the disciples, Who are you? Where are you going? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, it's, I think, important to understand uh, the, the words in Greek that our, our Lord used. I am the way. The Greek word is hodos. We get our word exodus from it. And in fact, the account of the exodus of the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt into the freedom of the promised land is a framework as well, not only for the exodus of Jesus, that hados, the way of Jesus from Galilee to Jerusalem to his suffering and death, and it is also an expression of our journey as Christians. In fact, we are also on a pilgrimage. We are being led out of the darkness of sin and death and into the power and light of the promised land. But it's a pilgrimage 
that we have to begin to walk it. And along that way, we realize that Jesus pronouncing himself as the way, the hodos, he is a companion to us. He's showing us the way. And in fact, I remember a story that was told uh, of a vision that a Franciscan had of Jesus uh, uh, and, and Mary leading the uh, Christian people on their way to, to heaven. And St. Francis, coming at the end of, of the pilgrimage, was looking very closely at the footprints that Jesus uh, was leaving. And all the other people were carefully making sure that their feet fell into those footprints. Francis, at the end of the line, simply was singing the praises of God, leaping with joy, and every time he landed, he landed perfectly in the feet, of, uh, feet marks of Jesus. And in, in a way that, that captures the reality of following Jesus on the way, when we perfectly know where he has stepped, where he has gone, and we duplicate it in our own life. Then Jesus says, I am the truth. The Greek word here is aletheia. Now, actually in Greek, as I remember, that's a negative. That means unhidden. Aletheia, the truth, is something that is being revealed by, uh, by our Lord, just as he revealed his glory in the transfiguration. He revealed the love of God for the people in uh, the Passion on the Cross. He revealed the power of God's renewal and recreation in the resurrection. And in listening to Jesus and in meditating upon his words, we see revealed a truth that, as the Samaritan woman told her friends after the encounter with Jesus, he must be uh, the Messiah. He's, he told me everything about my life. He revealed its inner reality to me. So in the truth that we grasp and the, uh, the truth to which we are faithful is a truth to the revelation of Jesus Christ, of who he is, of who God is, but also of who we are and how we are, are going to change. Then finally he says, I am the life. The term he uses is zoe, it is often in the gospel uh, joined to an adjective, zoe ionios, that is, everlasting life. And in, in the Greek, zoe is often meant to kind of contrast with psuche, which is the life, our natural life that we have, our human life, our capacities as, as a natural uh, creation. But zoe is a life that is granted to us, that, that falls upon us in the grace of, of God. It is an utter and everlasting transformation of our existence. It is the only fulfillment we have for life and that life abundantly. So during this Lent, my dear friends, as we meditate on these realities, as we pray God for the grace to know our Lord Jesus Christ more deeply, and the grace to understand our pilgrimage in this life and how we are to follow in the footsteps of Jesus,
but also the grace of courage to do this. And the discipline to say yes to that which is nourishing to us and no to that which is detrimental. And in praying for that grace, God will give it to us abundantly so that by the time we come to celebrate Easter, our eyes will be open to the splendor and the glory of life in Jesus Christ. Our our passage away and our, our pilgrimage to everlasting life will become a greater joy rather than an arduous trip. And in fact, along the way, I hope in a somewhat humorous way that we will constantly be asking God, are we there yet, Dad? Are, are, are we there? Are we closer? But the grace will be granted to us. Open our eyes, open our ears the power of the grace of the season.